Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Today we are wrapping up our series called How to Live a Meaningless Life from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. And we've learned throughout this series that this book is cynical and sarcastic, biting and brilliant, and reality reversed. And by reality reversed, we mean the author, Solomon, sometimes says the opposite of what he means and the opposite of what he knows to be true as a literary device. Well, let me just walk you back through this entire series. Week number one, we entitled A Meaningless Life. Week number two was called The Pursuit of Knowledge. Week number three, we called The Pursuit of Pleasure. Week number four was called The Pursuit of Money. Week number five was called The Pursuit of Success. And we're titling today's message as A Meaningful Life. Now, in two weeks, we are kicking off a new series that will take us up to Halloween, and it's called Relational Vampires. Loving the people who suck the life out of you. I promise you don't want to miss that series. It will be a great one to invite a friend. Super helpful series, super practical series, Lots of wisdom from scripture on how to navigate relationships with critical people and emotionally needy people and controlling people and hypocritical people. And I want you even now to be thinking about a friend or a coworker or a neighbor or a family member to invite for that series. And I don't mean someone who sucks the life out of you. I'm just talking about somebody who might be looking for a church family. It's gonna be a great series, kicks off in two weekends. But today we're wrapping up our series in Ecclesiastes called How to Live a Meaningless Life by Discovering How to Live a Meaningful Life. And here's our big idea for today. Don't get tangled up in the pursuit of meaningless things Rather, set your sights on the most important things. Don't get tangled up in the pursuit of meaningless things. Rather, set your sights on the most important things. I grew up in the 1980s and 90s, which was really at the very beginning of the digital age. And even as a young boy, I had, I had some access to video games. In fact, my first video game system was an Atari with games like Pac-Man and Super Breakout. How many of you remember those games? My second video gaming system was the Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And maybe some of you will appreciate this since the NFL season kicks off this weekend. But my favorite all-time video game was Madden 94. It was a football game. But the truth is, I'm just old enough still that when I was growing up, you were more likely to find me playing board games or card games than video games. Checkers, chess, hearts or spades, Uno or Monopoly, those were all games we played 
as kids. And if I were all by myself, I loved to build a house of cards. How many of you built houses of cards when you were kids? I wonder if kids still do that today. Anybody's kids build houses of cards still today? No, maybe a few. Well, for those of you who don't know, what you do is you take a 52-card deck and you take the individual cards and you try to construct a a building or a a house with the cards. And you just take one card at a time and you lean it against another card and you lean it against another card and against another card. And and then you place a couple of cards on top to make a flat roof. And then you make more walls by leaning another card against another card against another card. And and you make a second story and with it, you do another flat roof and then you, you build build up the house of cards and you have three stories and four stories and if you're really good, maybe you make it five stories and if you're really good, you can construct a pretty impressive little building and in fact, I looked it up and I discovered the world record for the tallest house of cards is over 25 feet tall. Crazy, right? But you gotta be really careful. I mean, if you even bump the table or breathe on the thing, or if you misplace one of those cards accidentally, or, or if you make any mistake at all, that impressive little house of cards will, will do what? And it'll come crashing down. And as many of you already know, a house of cards isn't just a kid's game, it's a metaphor for a plan or a system that is unstable or flimsy and may collapse at any moment without even the least bit of provocation. Well, if you've been reading through the book of Ecclesiastes with us for the past month, then perhaps you've noticed how Solomon is so poetically trying to point out that that the houses... So many of us are trying to build are like a house of cards. Like we put up the wall of knowledge and then we put up the wall of pleasure and then we put up the wall of money and then we put up the wall of success and we have these four walls and we think we'll be safe and happy inside that house, but we're not. Those four walls don't settle on a firm foundation. If we're building our house by by pursuing those four things, it's going to collapse when the wind blows. Those four things are like chasing after the wind, according to Solomon. But there are four things we can pursue that will make our lives worth living, all of which Solomon mentions in the remaining chapters of Ecclesiastes, four things that I want to share with you as we conclude this series. If you want to live a meaningful life, rather than merely building a house of cards, there are four things worth pursuing. And here's the first one, if you like taking notes. Number one, pursue great friendships. Pursue great friendships. Don't pursue pleasure or worldly success or money. No, pursue great friendships. Great friendships are a worthwhile pursuit. Friends are some of life's most important things. So pursue great friendships. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12 says this. 
two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can anyone keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Verse nine says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And growing up in Oklahoma, my dad and my grandpa, they would take me to these, these competitions where horses and, and teams of horses, not these big, massive horses called Persians and Clydesdales, they would, they would pull these big weights behind them and they would compete to see which horses could pull the most weights. And I remember my dad explaining to me how two horses could pull exponentially more weight than one horse. Like, like if, if one horse could pull, I don't know, a, a thousand pounds, then you would think that, that two horses could pull 2,000 pounds. But strangely enough, what would happen is two horses could actually pull far more than 2,000 pounds. There was an exponential effect when more than one horse was involved. It's like in, in verse 12 where Solomon says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. It's the same thing that applies and there's a science to it. If, if one strand could hold 10 pounds, you would think that, that three strands could hold 30, but the truth is three strands can hold exponentially more. And Solomon uses that as a metaphor for friendship. He's like, life is hard and sometimes it seems meaningless, but with many friends... Maybe it's not so meaningless. In verse 11, he says, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. And guys, that's not talking about your wives. It's actually talking about your friends. He's reiterating the importance of having good friends. In college, I had the privilege of exploring an underground cave that, that was about a mile, a mile and a half underground. We were in the Ozark Mountains. I did this with some good friends and one of my professors and we actually explored and it took us, it took us like 20 hours. We explored all the way to the back of this cave and it was pretty dangerous, especially since we did not have any professionals with us at all. And, uh, and we, we packed in all of our gear and we actually camped in the cave Overnight, we found this sand bed in the farthest end of the cave and we camped there. And, and so we got in the back and we set up camp back in this cave and, and we had been asleep for several hours and it was, it was actually, it was really cold. And, and, uh, and I'd been asleep for a couple hours and somebody shook me and, uh, and I opened my eyes and one of my classmates said, Matt, can I get in your sleeping bag with you? And I was like, can, can, can you What? And he's like, are you cold? And I said, yeah, I'm freezing. And he's like, I'm cold too. And I was like, you wanna get in my sleeping bag with me? And he's like, listen, if I get in your sleeping bag with you, then we have two sleeping bags to share as one. And we have our body heat and it will keep us warm. And like I was cold too. And I gotta say, it was awkward the first few minutes. <laughs> but we warmed up and we went to sleep and it was totally worth it. Now, the other guys didn't freeze to death, but they didn't sleep as soundly as we did. Now, sometimes connecting with others and partnering with others, building friendships with others can seem awkward. 
and sharing a sleeping bag with Craig Batchelor in the back of that cave. That was awkward. But we needed each other. We have two big things happening here at FCC next weekend. And one of those things is a small group rally. Next Sunday, you're gonna have an opportunity to learn about all the different small groups we have here at FCC. And not only to learn about them, but to sign up for a group. Getting involved in a small group here at FCC is one of the very best ways to make new friends. And the thing is, and I love getting together for church and for worship on a Sunday morning, but you are not going to make new friends just by coming to church on a Sunday morning. You're just not. If you wanna be fully connected, and we want you to be fully connected, then you need to get in a small group where you can make new friends and grow deeper in your faith. That's why we do small groups. That's why we do Bible studies to connect us beyond a Sunday morning large group worship experience because we need each other. We need to be in deep friendships together. If you wanna live a meaningful life and pursue great friendships. Here's another thing that every person should pursue according to Solomon, pursue a great name. That's number two, pursue a great name. Make your name great. Don't pursue pleasure or worldly success or money, but pursue a great name. If your name is already great, uphold that name. If it's not already great, make it great. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse one, Solomon says this. He says, a good name is better than fine perfume. Hmm. My grandpa Jim uh, was one of the most significant figures in my life growing up, and I uh, spent a lot of time with him growing up on the farm. Uh, we, we worked construction as a family, and so spent a lot of time with him on a construction site, and he had lots of wisdom he liked to impart and lots of sayings he liked to share, and many of them are etched in my memories. One of the things he, he would always say, he, he would always find a way to throw this into a conversation. He'd say, always be one of the good guys. That was one of his things. Always be one of the good guys. Another thing he'd say, anytime we left, I would say, goodbye, Grandpa, and he would always say, we don't say goodbye. We say so long. Um, another thing he would say, keep your nose clean. Whatever that means, I don't know, but keep your nose clean. And then another thing that, that he would say, he would say, Matt, remember who you are. I think remember who you are was his way of saying a good name is better than fine perfume. Alexander the Great was one of the most successful military generals who ever lived. He conquered much of the Western world with his vast army. One night during a campaign, he couldn't sleep. He left his tent to walk around the campgrounds. And as he was walking, he came across a soldier. The soldier had fallen asleep on guard duty, which was a serious offense, penalty of death. Sometimes commanding officers, they would pour oil on the sleeping guard and just light him on fire as punishment. This particular soldier began to wake as Alexander the Great approached him. And he recognized who was standing in front of him. And the, the young man feared for his life. Do you know the penalty for falling asleep on guard duty, Alexander the Great demanded of the soldier, yes, sir, the soldier responded in a quivering voice. Soldier, what is your name? 
Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great repeated the question, what? I said, what is your name? My name's Alexander, sir. A third time and more loudly, Alexander the Great asked, what is your name? And a third time, the soldier meekly said, my name is Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great looked at the guard straight in the eye and he said, soldier, either change your conduct or change your name. William Burroughs once said, build a good name. Keep your name clean. Don't make compromises. Don't worry about making a bunch of money or being successful. Be concerned with good work. And if you can build a good name, eventually that name will be its own currency. Here's another thing that's worth pursuing. Pursue a great marriage. Pursue a great marriage. Don't pursue pleasure, worldly success, or money. Pursue a great marriage. Now, as I say this, I wanna say something else. This doesn't mean everybody should be married or should pursue being married or are missing out if they're not married. The Bible actually teaches that our celibacy and our singleness can be a great way to honor God. But if you're going to be married, then make your marriage great. And if you are married, then the most important thing you can do with your life outside of being a child of God is to enjoy your life with your spouse. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse nine. And this is one of Solomon's big, sarcastic, tongue-in-cheek comments. He says this, he says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days, for this is your lot in life, your toilsome labor under the sun. (laughs) He's being cynical and sarcastic again, but there is still so much truth. It's, It's like Solomon is saying the following, saying, so maybe your job's not so great and, and, and maybe you don't find a lot of meaning in what you do, but if you can enjoy life with your wife and stay in love with her, then you're better off than most. I genuinely believe my dad was a great dad because of two major things. He loved God and he loved my mom fiercely and faithfully. And that brought a stability to our family that cannot be overstated. And he may have messed up on a lot of other things, and he did. But he loved my mom fiercely and faithfully. And again, the stability that that brought cannot be overstated. And maybe you haven't done that. And maybe you failed at that. And I just want you to know that God loves you anyway. And God still has a great vision for your future. You can learn from the past. You can live for a better future. If you're gonna be married, pursue a great marriage. Just mentioned how we have two big things coming up next weekend. We have our small groups rally. We also have a marriage conference coming up on Friday and Saturday. 
Uh, the conference is led by Justin and Trisha Davis. For those of you who are interested, it's not a, like a marathon weekend. It's a couple hours Friday night, a couple hours Saturday morning, and then they're gonna be speaking in church Sunday morning. Justin and Trisha Davis, they have an incredible story. Um, you need to hear this story, especially if you're married. And I don't, I don't wanna reveal or give all the, the details because I want you to hear it from them. But theirs is a story of radical redemption. There's a story of romance early and then ministry, working in churches, and then betrayal and adultery and separation. And frankly, their story and their marriage seem to be over. But God brought about healing and reconciliation and redemption. And God has used the healing and strengthening of their marriage to heal and strengthen thousands upon thousands of marriages across the country. And I heard them speak about 10 years ago at a conference in Orlando, and I was inspired. And after getting a chance to visit with them, I found out that, that Tricia was actually from Joliet, Illinois, where I had just a few years before planted a church. And I've gotten to work with them since, and, and they've led some conferences for me at other places. And I have a great deal of respect and admiration for them and their ministry, and they're gonna be here and you don't wanna miss out on that. And I just wanna say, whatever season your marriage is in, on a spectrum from struggling to thriving, what they bring will be a blessing to you and your spouse. And they will help you follow the wisdom of Solomon and pursue a great marriage. By the way, registration for the marriage conference closes today, so you have until tonight around midnight to register. So if you're interested in that, please don't miss out on this opportunity. If you wanna live a meaningful life, pursue great friendships, pursue a great name, pursue a great marriage. And then this is number four. Pursue great faith. Pursue great faith. Make your relationship with God the most important thing in your life. Don't pursue pleasure, worldly success, or money. Pursue great faith. Live your life to be more like Jesus. After all of Solomon's grumbling and grousing, after all his cynicism and sarcasm, after all his biting brilliance, Solomon concludes the book of Ecclesiastes. The very last words of this book go like this. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Your faith is the most important thing. Pursue it as such. Make your faith your first priority and everything else will. Well, God will work everything else out for his glory and according to his plans. And he is good. And that's good enough for me. And that brings us to our takeaway for today. Commit your life to the meaningful things. Commit your life to the meaningful things. And if it hasn't been clear from today's message, the meaningful things are faith, family, and friends. Faith, family, and friends. 
And we've said throughout this series that Solomon repeatedly writes things in Ecclesiastes he knows are not true. Three things he repeatedly writes is that life is meaningless, that life is utterly wearisome, that life is merely a chasing after the wind. But it's not. And he knows it's not. But he wants to get his reader to that place. And he wants to get his reader to that place so that he can introduce the only things that can effectively combat those horrible feelings and that awful emotional space that we can find ourselves in all too often. And how do we combat those awful feelings of meaninglessness and wearisomeness that life is just a chasing after the wind? The answer is faith, family. friends. By now, many of you have heard that Morgan Fincannon, the sweet wife of our student pastor, Justin, has been diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. That's a, that is a, that's a tough diagnosis for anyone but it's an especially tough diagnosis for a 30-year-old mama with three babies, one who's an infant, who's also grieving the loss of her own mama in the past two months. And sometimes we just wonder how someone has the strength to face it all. The answer is faith, family, and friends. The answer is, God is going to comfort them through us. God is going to meet their needs through us. We are going to be there for them. That's the answer. And so I wanna thank you for praying for them. I wanna ask you to keep doing so. We also want you to give to them. They're gonna have massive financial needs going forward. And I want you to be aware that we are setting up a fund to help them. Jess Barton, our communications director, she's gonna tell you more about that in a few minutes. But for now, I, I, I just want you to know this is what we are here for. This is what the church is for. This is what faith, family, and friends is all about. This is what makes this meaningful. This is why God put us here. We are here for each other. Commit to the meaningful things. This is the meaningful stuff. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving our lives meaning. Help us find our purpose and our joy and our satisfaction and our faith and our family and our friends. Let us be less drawn to frivolous things and more drawn to things that matter. 
to things that last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.